0: With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: This episode of Blue Shirt's Breakaway is brought to you by the following letter. February 13th, 2018, Blue Shirt Breakaway. As a member of the Blue Shirts Breakaway, we consider you a part of the podcast family and always want to ensure we share our important takes about the organization directly with you. Today, we want to talk to you about the future. As you know, since November 2015, we have been a highly mediocre podcast. We have produced over 117 main episodes, created a plethora of nonsense, endless rants about the defensive coaching, and even self-proclaimed ourselves as the unofficial official podcast of the New York Rangers. While we are proud of those accomplishments, we didn't reach our ultimate goal of getting Elaine Vigneault fired or actually being a good podcast. So as we do every season, we we have been continuously evaluating our team, looking for areas that can be improved to enhance our chances of getting AV fired or being better than mediocre. We begin this process by reshaping our podcast this past summer, When we began to have quality guests, as you may have noticed, every single episode, and we worked on our skills like pronunciation that will help us in the years to come. As we approach the deadline later this month and into the summer, we will be focused on doing the exact same thing we always have. Providing an outlet for Ranger fans to scream, vent, and laugh until you're sad with two hosts who lack skill and character. This may mean you're stuck with familiar faces, guys who you don't care about and don't respect. While this is part of podcasting, it's never easy. Our promise to you is that our plan will be guided by a singular commitment getting Elaine Vigneault fired and being the most mediocre New York Rangers podcast there is or ever was. There are no fans like Bush or Breakaway fans. You are passionate, loyal, and true. You download every Tuesday morning, and we always know there will be a strong showing from the Breakaway on each podcast app across the world. We do not take your support for granted. We appreciate that you have always stood by us and we ask you to remain by our side as we undertake this exciting new chapter filled with rebuilding and the same fucking coach. We will keep you informed as this process takes shape. Thank you for your incredible loyalty, somehow downloading and listening to this podcast, and the respect you show to Blue Shirts Breakaway each and every day. Signed, Ryan Mead, one half, and the other, Greg Kaplan. Let's get this podcast started. A letter from the Blue Shirts Breakaway crew about rebuilding, you know, because it's a process we have to, we we had to do a letter. All right, let's go. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakup fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host during the rebuilding era that started last week, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello counterpoint did it yeah so i don't know because we had there's a lot to talk about <laughs> there's so uh, there's, much to go over
2: shit's going down
1: shit is definitely going down in ranger town and i meant to mm. rhyme thank you but first let's talk about the breaking news before we get into everything else steven camper is out four to six weeks with a fractured hand oh uh, no i know we were we were ready to go for that one we were which we just started the podcast it just broke on twitter and uh, it's it's a real shame. Well, the good news is that we get Brandon Smith back up now, right? <laughs> no. Oh, we don't.
2: Okay. Let's let's dig into this, buddy.
1: I'm uh, uh, in first
2: first of all, you and I are the the we carry the banner for we don't want bad players to get hurt to make a lineup decision, right? That's that's not how this is supposed to go. Nope. I as much as I wanted Steve Canfer out of this lineup did not ever once hope that he would get injured. That's just – that's cruel and unusual, that's and I'm
0: just not going to stand for that. Any player.
1: Any player. I wouldn't, player. wouldn't even matter. wish it on Sidney Crosby. Mm. Mm.
0: Okay. Mm. Sure. <laughs> I
2: agree. Uh, for the sake for the sake of continuity, yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I don't want Camphor to get hurt. That's not how I wanted this to go down. Um, I I thought – I personally thought his play was – Indicating enough to take him out of the lineup. Well, I the think the, I know?
1: The, the indications were pretty clear during the Jets game. When they scored a goal, it was called back. And immediately, when he was on the ice again, they scored another.
2: It's incredible. It, it's just not that one instance. But that one instance was the Steve Camphor era personified, basically. It was a great job. So any, anyway, we I'm not here to talk long and hard about We're, we're going to quickly touch again on Camphor later, I think. Because there's, there's a good rant that I have stored up that we'll get to. Uh, but to the point about Brandon Smith, so we need to, we need to talk about this twofold, right? Yep. First, we need to talk about the fact that he's, he got put on waivers, nobody claimed him, and he's now in Hartford. Uh, I disagree with that move from the get-go. doesn't make any sense to me, especially to do it the same day to say that you're basically trying to focus your efforts on figuring out which players can help the Rangers the most in 2018-19 next year. Brandon Smith is part of that puzzle, whether you like it or not, because you signed him to a four-year deal. You have to let him play through what he was playing through. And to be quite fair, he had turned his season around. He wasn't he was an abomination earlier this year. He, he was had was enough. He, know, was, he, deserved- he was
1: not an abomination. He was a suitable or less than suitable player. I think that's no,
2: true. he was an abomination. He was at one oh, point. Oh, no, no, no. I mean he was defenseman he, in the NHL. He, he
1: was an abomination, and then he turned the season around by coming becoming a less than suitable player. That's what I was saying.
2: He was I think you I think it's fair to say that at, at best, league average.
1: Yes. That's I, I very think
2: fair. He, he brought his game to a league average standpoint. Um it was rough in the beginning of the season. We've said it multiple times in this podcast. It wasn't rough enough to justify benching him for what. What would what, like eight straight games?
1: Yeah, it was, straight a, games? It, it was a lot. And we saw some of those games live and got to watch Steve Camper, the, the Steve Camper experience.
2: Oh, man. I'm going to miss that.
1: Yeah, no, it. it uh,
2: his performance this season has been disappointing, especially considering the contract the Rangers gave him in free agency. But it wasn't disappointing to the point where I felt he should have been placed on waivers and demoted to Hartford because you. Uh, whether we like it or not, this guy is going to be a New York Ranger next year. No oh. one's going to trade for him right now. We've made that – that we know no one's going to trade for him because every team in the NHL just had an opportunity to claim him for nothing. And but they do didn't. you
1: think that the Rangers brass was like, okay, cross your fingers. Maybe someone's like, okay, this guy's going to turn it around for us because A.V. has a terrible system and just take the sure.
2: in Sure. In, in a way, yeah, it kind of yeah, – there's – if the – this is a big if – if the Rangers are dead set on getting rid of Elaine Vigneault at the end of the season and they want Brandon Smith to turn his play around for next year in a different regime, then sure, put him in Hartford where he can play a different system and try and refine his game. That is a very optimistic approach to that mindset. Um, I, I, I don't know if I 100% believe it, mostly because they could have just fired AV right now. There's, there's no rule that says you can't make a coaching change in the middle of the season. Rangers have done it multiple times before. It, it, it's just one of those things where... Let,
1: let's stay on Brandon Smith for right now before we go to fire EV rant.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, so... Brandon Smith should not have been demoted. Sh- I, I think we agree with that. I don't they think we agree.
1: Have... Actually, I do... I, if there was a chance, I like taking the risk of being like, hey, other teams in the NHL want to take this contract? I, I, <laughs> but then you don't have...
2: You, you can place them on waivers and not demote him.
1: Yeah, that's true, but I think they wanted to send a message to be like, "Hey, we paid you. Now you're not performing. Enjoy Hartford." So okay. I okay, I get that part. This is when it gets confusing for me.
2: Yeah, I, well, no, actually, this is the part that doesn't confuse me. If you're gonna demote Brandon Smith, keep him down there for a while. Don't just bring him right back up. I think that doesn't make any sense. That, what, what message did
1: you send? Because you're calling up Ryan Sprawl, who I definitely mis- mispronounced his name just right there. I'm pretty sure
2: it's just Sprawl. Like I think this was an This is an easy one. It's, Pronounce it as as it's written.
1: (laughs) written, reading is hard. Sproul, and I don't know much about Ryan Sproul. I know we share a name. That's about as much as I know about Ryan Sproul. Yeah, but okay, let's go back to
2: the point. So you're calling this, I just want to make sure I have your wording right, you're calling this in a quote-unquote emergency situation when it comes to defensemen?
1: I guess we've always been in an emergency situation if that's the case.
2: No, 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 but... The Rangers, once again, are making it clear that the goal is not necessarily to make the playoffs.
1: The goal is to play the kids.
2: And Sproul, not exactly a spring chicken, not fresh out of the NHL draft, but he's young enough where you kind of want to find out what you have at the NHL level. Who
1: hurt you, Ryan Graves? I don't understand.
2: Okay, that's a fair question. The Rangers are an organization that if a right-handed shot goes down, they want to bring up a right-handed shot. Graves is a left-handed shot.
1: That's a fair answer, I, I but think, I think you're gonna find a way think, uh, to make that work.
2: If a lefty got hurt, I think Ryan Graves would be here. But a righty got hurt.
1: Oh man, that's
2: still. I, mean, I really, in this instance, I think it's that simple. I think the Rangers just wanted shot for shot, and the next man up, right-handed defenseman, that they think could possibly play a role on this team, either as a bottom pairing defenseman, a seventh D, or just need to figure out if all he is is a piece to keep in the AHL to make Hartford more competitive, it's Ryan Sproul. I'm fine with it. It's totally fine. It just feels doesn't weird but I'd
1: rather call up two other guys. I can't complain too much about the move because, listen, we're going to get to the letter in a second, but it came out. And they admitted it's time to rebuild. We might trade some familiar faces. It might hurt. We're sorry. Thanks for sticking with us. That, that's the tool I'm yeah. going to read of that letter. Yeah,
2: it's it's. but in this move, I really think it's fine. Graves doesn't isn't a, isn't a right-handed shot, so they're not going to call him up. And you don't – if you're going to demote Brendan Smith, you don't just turn around and recall him. You have to keep him down there for at least a month. That's but the only way it makes sense.
1: It's kind of like a, hey, suffer and get your game right. Not even suffer. I don't it, – it,
2: it's hard to say that part of it is not punishment related. But it's
1: definitely punishment related. It cannot sure. be, not be.
2: And the man ju- – one of the men handing out that punishment is Lane Vino. You don't just immediately – you put a guy in timeout. You got to leave him in timeout. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: I guess you don't just
2: magically. If a kid comes down with the flu, you don't get your.
1: This is a bad metaphor. Whatever you're your doing. Your Detention. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever nullified. you're doing. Here, it, I, yeah. I don't know
2: what I'm going yeah, to do.
1: Whatever. That was terrible. Um, yeah. Leave Brandon Smith down for a month. If you're going to demote Brandon Smith, keep him there.
2: It's that simple. I just think like, kid. like
1: you said, he's a part of our future. We signed him to it. He's got three more years in this team. I would like him to, to earn his wings, quote unquote, by a sponsor we don't have and come back up and start playing and getting used to the NHL level again. That's all.
2: Nah, I, I, I one, again, I, I cannot be more clear that I don't think Smith should have been the guy that got demoted. But if he's going to be down there, keep him down there. It's, it's, in my mind, that simple.
1: Can I tell you the worst part, of the weir- well, not the worst, but the weirdest part about this tweet? It's sponsored. No, all of them are sponsored. It's hilarious. I don't really Every understand. Time they- Every time they bring someone up, instead of tagging the player, they
2: tag Zip Recruiter.
1: Okay, it's amazing. So, so, yes, yeah, so, I uh, guys, we had like a sponsor last week. It was Ticket Raven. I'll give them one more plug because they're our buddies, and my friend's friend runs it, etc. Uh, we don't have sponsors ever, and I don't want to give Zip Recruiter more fucking press here because, well, they get it on every goddamn podcast.
2: Yeah, I think they're good.
1: They're good, but it's so weird that the Rangers is like. We're calling up Ryan Sproul, sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Like, what?
2: <laughs> there's the there's Recruiter watermark on the picture. Yeah. And then you can look at people tagged in this photo, it's just ZipRecruiter. It's just ZipRecruiter.
1: Zip like, Steven Camper will be in pain for four to six weeks, suffering from a fractured hand, losing his ability, and this might be the last chance he ever had in the NHL. Sponsored by ZipRecruiter. <laughs> like, what? <laughs>
2: Incredible.
1: Um, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm kind of well, mad that the, the letter wasn't sponsored, by the way.
2: We, that we, I mean, we'll get I'll that. have to go back and check. Zipper Fruiter might be tagged on that too.
1: Uh, the old ZRs. Let's get to the letter now. Are we finished with Brennan Smith?
2: Well, I think we'll have a larger conversation about AV later, so let's get to the letter.
1: Oh, okay. There was an announcement. You and I were on emergency podcast watch. Let's go, yep. let's go through this. You messaged me on Friday. Hey, whatever you're doing tonight, don't do it. There's a good chance that AV might be on the chopping block. There's a big announcement coming. Sather and... Uh,
2: you're putting words in my mouth. I don't think I ever said good chance. I said it might happen. I'm definitely putting words in your mouth. Yeah, I said it might happen. I said
1: th- There's a chance... You're, so you're saying there's a chance that A.B. could be gone tonight. Because there's yes, a big announcement. My, and if you're, if you're holding a press conference, it's usually to be like, hey, there's going to be some serious changes. It starts with the head coach. I think that's a fair assumption to make.
2: There was... In my mind, when the tweet went out that Sather and Gorton were going to talk to the media... I uh, I thought either they were announcing a trade or a firing. I I I I couldn't have I couldn't think of a third option.
1: It was it was the third option was they released a letter that pretty much said, "Hey everybody, we're going to be rebuilding. We're going to trade your favorite players. Our goal is to get the Stanley Cup. We respect you sticking around and giving us money still, and please stay. We love you."
2: So, let's talk let's talk about this. Did you like the letter?
1: I didn't hate it. I think it's very strange for an organization to come out and be like, it did feel like a, hey, I really hope you could support us during these trying times letter. Is that the impression you got? Because that was my first impression.
2: I think you and I are the only two people in Ranger fandom that weren't in love with the letter when it first happened. You know what the letter came off to me as? What's that? Hey, going to trade some guys, but you would still buy season tickets. That's kind of what I read too. I was like... Yeah. That's that's what the letter was, and you know what? Totally fair. If that's what they wanted the letter to be, go for it. It's different. I haven't seen any other organization do it. I've never and seen that. it. It's it's being honest. They're saying they're without naming names. They basically said we're trading all our restricted free agents, and we're going to listen on just about everybody else. Good, 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 Anya. I uh, hope you follow through with it. But I didn't come away enamored with I, the letter the, I was. It, like, found, it was a creative and fun season ticket purchasing ploy that's what i thought it was
1: it was uh, the what the great part about it is it confirmed exactly what i wanted to happen because i did not want this team to be a buyer but then something weird happened greg
2: what the rangers won two games
1: oh yeah that we're gonna get to that um the press conference happened the press conference was, on. was fucking weird there's no there's no good way to say this. At one point, they were like, yeah, we can still make the playoffs. And I was like, so, yeah, the, so what was the letter about?
2: Yeah, it, it feels like the Rangers should have done one or the other. Doesn't really feel like they should have done both. Um, and it was even more weird that the letter came out about five, ten minutes before the press conference started. Yeah. Almost – I don't. I don't know. There were I, there I, were like three Jeff,
1: or four comments after the. Uh, I'm gonna quote internet comments right now. But pretty much everyone that was watching that, was said this was a nothing burger. The entire thing I just watched was absolutely. Yeah, because
2: they didn't. They didn't say anything. Uh, Jeff Gordon's the king of not saying anything, and he can't name names, and he didn't fire anyone. So what did you expect? He wasn't gonna stand there and be like, "Yeah, no, we're trading Rick Nash." Like he wasn't gonna say that. That doesn't do anything for him in terms of a. Lobbying standpoint with other teams in negotiations No, not at all It's probably hard enough for him to say Oh, yeah, we're definitely trading people Because now teams know you you either want to or need to trade people And they don't feel The pressure isn't on opposing teams to There's still pressure for them to outbid each other But I don't think For example, we're going to be talking today About the Nashville Predators and the St. Louis Blues Those are where our guests uh, are coming from the pressure isn't on one of those two teams to force the Rangers to make a trade. These teams now know the Rangers are looking to make a trade. So maybe the demand drops 5%. I don't know. The the Rangers are still in a great spot because they have one of the more um, cherished items on the trade block, which is Rick Nash. They have one of the more cherished contracts on the trade block, which is Michael Grabner. And teams are still hot to trot about Ryan McDonough, And the Rangers resting Ryan McDonough sure makes it seem like, hey, we're not going to put him through the ringer just in case we want to move him.
1: I thought Um, he was injured in the first place, but it also seems like they're protecting his value in case they want to move him.
2: I think he was injured in the first place, but if the Rangers were serious about trying to make the playoffs, I bet you Ryan McDonough would be in the lineup every night.
1: Oh, I guarantee it. He'd play through it. Yeah. So,
2: I don't know. The press conference, if you weren't going to announce a trade and if you weren't going to announce a firing – why do it? I, that's kind of my thing. The letter, the letter is what it is. I'm, I, I personally am happy that people love it. I'd rather not have to come on this podcast trying to defend it or adding to the chorus of what the fuck were they thinking?s I just, I just, to me, it looked like an obvious marketing ploy, and I didn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just. Cold Are we too and,
1: cynical, Greg? That's the real I, question. I
2: think, well, I'm 100% cynical. I, I don't know about you and your Yankee fandom. Maybe I, I, you have a sense of love left in your life.
1: I, I think it looks really nice this year. Spring training, if, pitchers and catchers. If the Mets,
2: if the Mets wrote that letter, the, my first reaction would be cheap motherfuckers. Like that would be my very first reaction.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of felt the same way. I don't know if I'm just looking at everything in a cynical light because we're in 2018. That's kind of how I have to do or view everything these days. Like what's the real meaning behind this? Yeah, the
2: letter saying, look, the next couple of months we might not be as competitive as we like, but damn it. Are we going to try in 2018, 19? And to me, That's basically an organization being like, hey, thanks for purchasing season tickets this year. Make sure you re-up next year because we're going to be good again. That's how I read it. I read it in that exact voice.
1: I I do think the Rangers could be competitive again next year. And as crazy as that sounds.
2: Absolutely. It's not crazy. The Rangers still have a very good young core on this team. The problem is the system they're playing in and none of them are healthy.
1: I just want to get that first pick. (laughs) <laughs> it's never gonna happen.
2: But no, I, it's not gonna happen.
1: I oh man, I would love that.
2: It's yeah, it's it's the only way it happens is if the Rangers find a way to acquire two more draft picks by trades before this deadline, and then just walk up to whoever has the first overall pick this and goes, Hey, take all three of our first rounders. We just want that one.
1: We just want that one.
2: And you know what? No team I don't think does No that one trade.
1: would do it. No one. No. Nobody. No. Let's do a quick game recap. We won two in a sure. row. What's up with that? I,
2: um, we talked. It's almost Ryan. It's almost like if you bring up the kids, they inject youth and excitement into the lineup.
1: We actually talked last week, I think, on the podcast about how kind of watching Ranger games wasn't as fun. There wasn't any mm. like spryness to the team. They weren't was... out there trying really. Uh, yeah, look,
2: they played like shit and they looked like shit.
1: But we beat two serious playoff contenders in the Flames four three. Henrik, oh Pat, we should talk about how Pavlik got hurt. So now this is what's going to happen with Hank.
2: <laughs> He's going to be running to the fucking ground. The, Every, fuck? the same thing, this, if <laughs> AP is still coaching this team, Hank was always going to get ran into the ground. It's now set. it's just going to be just – luckily the injury seems like
1: – I mean to, they say two, two to three, to three weeks. weeks,
2: but it's a knee injury. You kind of need that to play goalie. I don't know much, but I know that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if it's actually two to three weeks.
1: It's going to be very interesting because right now Henrik Lundqvist was projected for 70 starts in this year. Uh, I think he'll probably hit it. And that's, yeah, so. and that's disgusting, Greg. That should never happen. Especially for a, for a goalie that's going to probably not probably, is definitely going to play his hardest until he cannot play hockey, no longer, for oh. the New York Rangers and he will yeah. carry this team if it's Ooh. over his dead body and we've seen that over the past two games. Henrik saying, I will not Lose. I, I guess I won't do it. I'm too good. And I'm too legendary came into the okay. game, beat the flames and then did the exact same thing against the jets. Yep. So
2: uh, instead of doing a direct game recap, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pivot on you, Ryan. Oh,
1: I love a good pivot. Should we, should we, we have done this? Should we pivot right after the video? We,
2: yeah. No, we're not pivoting the video. Fuck oh, interesting. Video. Uh We should have done this right after we talked about the letter, because the one question that was asked during the news conference that had any kind of weight, Whereas people asking Gorton if Elaine Vigneault would return as the Rangers coach next season. This
1: is a good pivot. And,
2: um, Gorton did everything to say, basically, look, we got all the faith in the world in AV, but refused to answer directly if Elaine Vigneault would remain behind the bench. Um, Elaine Vigneault then comes out the next night says, look, I, I've told Jeff, I've told Glenn, as long as I'm here, I'm coaching these guys to win every game we play. That's just the only way I know how to do it. It's what I'm going to do fine and dandy. I expect my coach to say that. Even if you're tanking, it sends a weird message to say, "Well, I don't really care if we lose." That's fine. It's weird for a coach to ever say that, even if wink wink nudge nudge that's what they're doing. And then AV in his big fucking mouth just kept talking. And it's it's almost like it's almost like he just doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. Because then instead of just saying, "Look, I'm going to coach these guys to win every night. We're going to see what we can do." He then goes, oh, by the way, I think our poor play is directly tied to the poor play that we've gotten from our goaltenders the last couple of weeks. Excuse me? You said what? You said, hold on. You, one did, second, A.B. You, you,
1: you said what about let's who? Let's just run that back over time. Did you time. just criticize Hedrick Lundqvist, Hedrick Lundqvist? in front the of me? The one reason why Elaine
2: Vigneault is employed?
1: The reason this team has been anything over the past 15 years? The reason...
2: There, the second period against the Jets was 50-0. one of the best periods the Rangers have played this entire season. The lineup looked more youthful and energetic each of the last two nights. However, the Rangers got skated out of the fucking building in Winnipeg and didn't deserve to win that game. And the Rangers struggled with the Flames at home, even with Pavlik and
1: Henrik both playing very well in goal. And you're putting three AHLers now in front of a legendary face an, of the franchise. 80-
2: Elaine fucking Vino says he's trying to win every fucking game, and he puts Steve camphor on the top pair? <laughs> what oh, are you sorry. doing? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, how many times uh, – Ryan, I wish we had a counter for the amount of times I've said in this podcast, it's not that hard. It's Because it's, it's not. It's really not. It's
1: Don't it's really, insult I, your star player. Hey, I have a quick question, Greg. Side note. Okay. You, you think Kevin Chatkirk's working on his game right now?
2: Huh, I think Kevin Chatkirk's on a pair of crutches. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Av yeah. thinks like I don't know how he thinks these things. Kevin Schachterkirk was hurt. That's why he wasn't working on his quote unquote game. A- Lundqvist is not the problem. I- how could he- Lundqvist He's-
2: is the only reason why the Rangers don't already have the first overall pick locked up.
1: No, the Coyotes have that locked up. I think that's fair. and if
2: we if we didn't have Henrik Lundqvist, it'd be close. Henrik Lundqvist is the one reason why the Rangers waited this long to write that fucking letter. Like to blame this season in any way, shape, or form on Henrik Lundqvist's play in goal, even if Henrik could give up 10 goals in one game, and I'd still be like, damn, if he wasn't here, we'd be just shit out of luck.
1: There's never a night, even recently, there's some sites where Henrik lets in soft goals, and I have to be critical of him, just because that's what I... I'm a media analyst. Um, I'm not at all. But the guy, night in, night out, shows how spectacular he is. And it's... If you're watching Ranger games for any reason, if there's any reason you're still like, I want to watch this team... (laughs) Because, well, I, now you have the kids, you have more of a reason. But before that, it, it's to watch a legendary player like Henrik Lundqvist. That's it. Yeah, and it, it's,
2: it's, not, it's just not fucking hard, Vigneault, to just shut up sometimes. The, the media doesn't press him on anything. I don't think anyone was standing in that media scrum at the time he made these comments being like, yeah, but is it Hank's fault? AV just says these things on his own. Doesn't thinking that this is somehow a justification for the Rangers' poor play. And I saw this point on Twitter, and it was a very good point, and I'm gonna give credit. I think, I could be wrong, but I think it was our good buddy Joe Fortunato who said it. The difference between podcast rival. The difference between John Tortorella and Elaine Vigno is that when the Rangers sucked with Tortorella, Tortorella would find something he was doing wrong and take the pressure off the players. Whereas Elaine Vigneault, every time something goes wrong, goes out of his way to pinpoint someone. And we've seen this a mul- multiple times this year alone. He called out Kevin Shattenkirk earlier this year when he knew that Shattenkirk was playing hurt. He had to and have known. we gone. didn't. We, we didn't. He's called out Brendan Smith multiple times this season, Some sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. He's now calling out Henrik Lundqvist and Andrej Pavlik, who have been... Literally the Rangers' two best players this entire season.
1: And I ate crow on Pavlik a long time ago. Right, he, did. He you played did. really well for us. Really I did, well. Ron, I did. It's I almost ate- like,
2: I don't know, Ryan. You got upset about a backup fucking goalie for whatever reason.
1: I just thought it was a crucial key, man.
2: He, he deflects blame like a White House official under the current administration.
1: Wow. So topical. So relevant. Yeah, And that's what you get from analysis of Blue Switch Break. I'm on
2: it. No, it's just incredible. The media would eat John Tortorella alive, and Tortorella would go out of his way to blame himself for something the team did wrong. I respect the hell on that, by the way. I fucking love Tortorella. We don't need to get into this. We both love Tortorella. That guy's a legend. He is. Elaine Vigneault goes out of his way to point the finger at his players, and the media's like, well, that's fair. I don't have anything else to add to that.
1: And I think Uh, part of me thinks AV just like, Says that, knows they're gonna be right stories about it, knows this shit's gonna go down, turns around and pops gum into his mouth and just smiles.
2: Maybe Ryan, maybe maybe Elaine Vino gives really good blowjobs.
1: I listen. To everybody? <laughs> One after the other. <laughs> I
2: look, I, I don't have any I don't have any way to confirm that, but you don't have any way to deny it. So I, in, in that respect, I'm right. I, That's how the media works these days.
1: Listen, I haven't no, I, just, I haven't tried. I,
2: I, I don't fucking understand how you can l- take a look at this Rangers season, this clusterfuck of a Rangers season and somehow find a way to blame Henrik Lundqvist for it. That's the last thing that anyone should ever do. Period. Full stop. There's, I- no need to discuss it further. It's not it's Lund- the only thing that's Lundqvist's fault is the fact that we announced we were selling and we're still winning. That's Lundqvist's fault.
1: And Hank has pretty much made it clear. I'm not leaving. There's no chance. Don't even no. think about it.
2: And that's perfectly fine. He's earned the right to say that.
1: More than that. I kind of want him here. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not it, like, it's not like Igor's really hep- like on his way or is sitting at Hank's heels. Igor has signed like a two or three year extension in the KHL. He's not here for another three years.
2: It's one of those things where I'm happy with whatever makes Hank happy. If, ha- if Hank's happy here, then I'm happy. If Hank wants to leave, then I'm ha- then Fine. Hank, that's your call. Hank gets to decide his future. He's earned that. that. That's what Henrik Lundqvist gets from being the Rangers' greatest goalie and player in franchise history. That's, that's... He, he, he gets that right. Um, now, the last two games the Rangers have won, a large part of that, I would give 85% of the Rangers' win in Winnipeg to Henrik Lundqvist.
1: That's true, but the trade pieces have really stepped it up these past couple of games.
2: Trade pieces really stepped it up, and we got to talk about John Gilmore, Neil Pionk, and Anthony D'Angelo because the three of them have played spectacularly over the last three games. In my mind, Gilmore has impressed me more than anyone else, probably because I think my expectations for him were the lowest.
1: I thought he was pretty I good. I also want to give he's, he's been
2: fantastic. I want he's to give some credit to
1: Brady Shea too for really stepping up his game.
2: Yeah, Shea's had a rough season. I wonder how much of that is to blame for the fact that he played with half a defenseman in Kevin Shattenkirk, who was trying to skate on one leg. And we've recently seen Shea have to play with Steve Kempfer. And we're sorry. I, I don't have any other words for Brady besides I'm sorry we're that sorry, you had to do that. Brady? Um, but Gilmore has been great, and he's been a little bit of a revelation. I we've talked on this podcast so much about guys like Pionk, obviously, who's been
1: Endured good himself, in his own right.
2: Um, we've talked about D'Angelo. We've talked about Ryan Graves a ton. We've talked about Alexei Barry Glazov when he was here. We never really talked about John Gilmore. And Gilmore was having – he was the Wolfpack's lone all-star representative, and it was well-deserved. He's been a two-way defenseman down in Hartford all year and one of their best and most consistent on a team that's been better than expected. And he's come up immediately and done the exact same thing. He's been effective on the power play unit. He's been a perfect pairing partner for Neil Pionk while the two of them have been here. I've I've been impressed. That's John Gilmore, to me, it's only two games. I could be getting well ahead of myself. There have been plenty of players in NHL history who have had a good two-game stretch and then did not have careers after those two games. But John Gilmore is establishing himself as... A potential piece for this team moving forward,
1: and that's what you and wanted out of this situation, by the way.
2: It's almost like Ryan. It's almost like mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't have waited this long to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What What do I know? Uh, my favorite
1: hey. part about the game yesterday was Min Duluth, uh, Neil Pionk. He had the interview, uh, the the in between period interview, and he said he he worked on being hard and being good with his stick. And I, I just mm. knew I knew that was a man for me, Greg. That was mm. it. I, mm-hmm. I was in love at that moment.
2: Pionk, Pionk has played great. He had he broke up the uh, two-on-one rush um, in front of Hank. I think it was the second period yesterday. He He's looked good. I think Pionk's you, looked
1: good. I think D'Angelo. you're to start evaluating these players. We'll get to D'Angelo in one second, but I think the real fair time to start evaluating these players is after about 10 games when the energy of being up in the NHL has worn off. Uh, the excitement has worn off, and now you're on the grind. And now can you play when you're on the grind? That's when you really got to start looking at players.
2: I, I would go even further than that. I mean, we made the I made this comment about Jimmy VC last year when he started off hot, scoring goals left and right for the Rangers. And I said the time to evaluate VC is when the NHL makes it adjust, its adjustment against VC. And VC has struggled since that point. Once the league made the adjustment, um, the league will make an adjustment to Gilmore and Pionk. There are holes to be found in their game, and there are smart hockey people out there scouting them on a daily basis, trying to find those holes. And once again, the true test of uh, players' caliber is can they make the correction to the correction? So, yeah, we're going to sound very excited about two young defensemen who have looked phenomenal in two Ranger games, both of which the Rangers have won, and both times have played better defensively when those guys are on the ice. Um,
1: But guess what, They make me excited to watch Ranger hockey, and they make me want to go to games.
2: And as for D'Angelo, look, I get it. He's an asshole. We know this. I wish wish D'Angelo would just only exist on the ice, and I would never have to interact with him as a human being besides the times he's physically wearing a Rangers jersey. I get it. I'm not here to defend Tony D'Angelo the person, but people that are saying Tony D'Angelo the hockey player is not up to snuff or hasn't proven much of anything, he's been the Rangers' second-best defenseman since his recall. He's been very good, and I whatever your reason is for disliking him, there are many. We don't have to get into like exact details about which ones you should be more upset about than the other. But Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player has been very good for the New York Rangers. And he probably should have been called up sooner. If that's a theme for this podcast, I'm, I'm very happy. The kids are here. I want the kids to remain in the lineup, which is part of the reason why we need to make some moves to make sure we're creating opportunities for all the kids. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo is good, guys. I, I, we have enough, we've seen enough to be able to say that. He's going to have off games. Everyone has off games. Ryan McDonough has off games. But Tony D'Angelo, more times than not, has been very good for the New York Rangers
1: since his recall. I'm very excited to see how he develops going forward. I, he could be, like you said, an essential part to this team. And I, he really needs to be, to be honest, to, be, to make that trade return worthwhile. Let's talk quickly about how the Rangers stole our goddamn thunder. Uh, fucked up. Yeah. So as you may know, if you're out there in podcast land this Thursday, or it's already happened, if you're listening to this later, February 15th, the day after Valentine's day, love your, love your lover, then love us. We'll be doing, we'll be doing, we'll be hosting a blue shirts breakaway meetup at beer authority in midtown in New York city. And all of a sudden today, the New York Rangers, sponsored by some recruiting website, have, are hosting a meetup the same exact day, like two blocks away. Oh, is it really only two blocks away? It's not two blocks away, but it's close.
2: Oh, well, here's what we're going to do. And we've talked about this, and I think we're going to just open this up to our listeners. We're going to send a mole into wherever <laughs> the fuck this Rangers-sponsored right. meetup is. We're going to give out some stickers and uh, we're going to be like, oh, this is lame. Why don't we go to Beer Authority? Yeah, well, this is
1: lame. The best podcast, the best Ranger podcast ever is having a great time over at Beer Authority. Where they're
2: having drink specials during the game. The whole, Wait, you. did
1: you say the whole game, Greg?
2: The whole game? Oh my Ryan.
1: God, you get to hang out with the hosts and other contributors such as Drew Way to the Blue Shirts Breakaway website.
2: Well, you know Drew's not coming, right?
1: I forgot. <laughs> no, right now, I, mean, that, I totally forgot. Yeah.
2: Such yeah, as, Drew's oh, in Boston. Oh, really? so Not Drew. You don't want to hang out with him anyway. He sucks.
1: Um, <laughs> Drew, analytics master. Oh, by the way, can we plug Drew's analytics? Uh, no, he put
2: no work into that. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, dude, okay. <laughs> no, Drew created a – if you haven't checked this out, this is actually incredible. Drew created a hockey lexicon, a.k.a. a glossary for analytics on our website – if you've ever had any interest of analytics, Drew breaks down every single stat possible in layman's terms, and it's it's one of the best hockey pieces I've ever had the chance of reading. I'm still learning on trying to understand analytics as a person myself, and to do that, uh, Drew and I will be doing a podcast going over the entire article and all analytics sometime in the near future, so look forward to that, too. Mm. Yeah, when, yeah, when Drew's not looks- in Boston...
2: You're also still trying to figure out how to wh- – the English language works. So. I don't – I'm proud of you there as well. D-
1: did I stutter a lot, my friend? I did that on, purpose. <laughs> on purpose, on purpose, on purpose, I was on
2: purpose. Um, can I tell you that I, I – it didn't even click in my head that some guy was trolling us on Instagram when yeah, he said, he said well, my, done, f- my friend. Yeah. Like the my friend part never even clicked. So I I, was like,
1: I, oh. I get a lot of my friend at, at all social media now and I'm like, what have I done? What have I done?
2: You're welcome because I, yeah, you, I feel sure. like I broke the glass in everyone's head by pointing You started out.
1: something. So I hope you guys can see us this Thursday at Beer Authority Midtown uh, for our meetup. It's going to be a, a blast. We'll see you
2: it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We got we got a jersey to give away. We got stickers to hand out. We have drinks to be drank. We don't have Drew. And, uh, but we have we some good friends. Have, we don't have Drew. We have other good friends. Dan LaRose. Sean's going to be there. Dean's
1: going to be there. Sean writes for us. Yep. Dean made our website.
2: Uh, yeah. Come hang. It'll be a good time. Uh, It'll be interesting to see which group of fans will be more disappointed in their own product. Um, Because Ranger fans are going to be angry about AV. Islander fans are going to be angry about everything about the Islanders. Uh, Our buddy Jeff, who's going to be there, jokingly texted me today saying, he might be the only person actually rooting for the Rangers at this meetup.
1: Because the Devils
2: need the Rangers to win.
1: I'll be honest with you. I'm rooting for the Rangers. I want them to kick the Islanders' ass. I don't care.
2: I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm rooting for Anheuser-Busch.
1: <laughs> uh, before we transition over to our two interviews, tell me who they are. <laughs> oh, <shit.
2: laughs> Because,
1: um, yep, this is an awkward moment. <laughs> this is awkward because – uh, Things I,
2: I should have written down. For I checked the Twitter times. inbox,
1: and I don't see them. Oh, yeah, no,
2: this was definitely done through email. Um,
1: Yep. And, yeah. and I usually check the Twitter inbox and say, who are our guests today? Some little so insight. We, we
2: <laughs> Hello, everybody. I did this. This was me. We have Alex Doherty coming from On the Forecheck, which is the SB Nation Nashville Predators blog. Mm-hmm. He'll be talking to us about possible trade matchups with the Nashville Predators. And then after that, we are bringing on Laura Astorian. She is the managing editor of the St. Louis Blues SB Nation site same thing different verse just going to be talking about her talking to her about trades the rangers could possibly be doing with the blues because again it's fun for Ryan and I to point out all these people that we think the rangers match up with in trades what we don't know is how so that's what we're going to try and we're going to try and figure that all out because we need to know you need to know we, we all are need
1: to. so damn good at english yeah, I wish
2: you told me that before we started podcasting, though, right?
1: It was a little secret of mine. Let's head over to those two interviews of those people you mentioned. And, and then we'll come back to Who the F is, Blue Shirts Breakaway, talk some other fucking nonsense, and do that. Transition! We're back with our first guest to talk St. Louis Blues. We have Laura Astorian. She is the managing editor of the St. Louis Game Time blog. Laura, stay Hello.
0: Hey, how are you guys?
1: We had some technical issues, but yet we've made it through the woods, and here we are. Uh, We're going to (laughs) talk somewhat, you may have heard, the Rangers are trading people, uh, and you may be interested because you are a Stanley Cup contender, so we're here to talk about some of your prospects in a series we're doing. We're kind of going around the league and seeing what we could get back, kind of playing fake general manager. So let's start with, um,
0: are there players on the Rangers you're interested at all in? (laughs) Let's start with that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I know the the rumors right now are basically centered around Rick Nash. Um, but then again, has anybody seen his, his uh, trade list? Uh,
2: the, so the or first of the 12 it? names was revealed today. We know Toronto is an approved destination. We're oh, under wow. the impression that Nashville and Dallas are also approved destinations, but those aren't yeah. confirmed. Only one we know for sure right now is Toronto.
0: Wow, that's so surreal to hear a player want to go to Toronto. <laughs> it's weird, right? Yeah, that's not something I'm used to hearing, especially not somebody like uh, like Rick Nash. Although, honestly, right now I I don't blame him. So, not I mean, if, if 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 we were to be on the list, I'm sure that I'm sure that Doug Armstrong would um, kick the tires and do his due diligence. I mean, he does that on every free agent. It's just we we never seem to get them. Well, you do have one uh, spectacular
1: player that seems to be working out for you. So congratulations on that.
0: Oh, yes, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: well, uh, you, you are welcome for him because our moron general manager decided to draft Dylan McElrath instead. Who was an absolute so.
1: stud for us, by the way, in case you were wondering. Oh yeah. <laughs> he
2: was he was fantastic. I I missed that guy so much. Um yeah, it can... it seems it seems in my the prodding I've done so far, the Blues they're in need of a forward if they're going to add anything. Would that be correct?
0: Yeah. Although with, with Joel Edmondson's um, broken left forearm, um, we may be poking around for some defense, potentially. Because he's, he's going to be there for at least six weeks, if not longer.
2: But you would think the defensive move would probably be more of a rental? That It's not like the Blues are all of a sudden going to jump in on Ryan McDonough, are they?
0: Oh, no. God, no. Um It it would probably be a rental, but it's so hard to tell because Doug Armstrong's kind of, he sends out mixed messages every year this time of year. He, um, he usually says, you know, listen, we're not going to trade. And that's kind of the thing that uh, one of the blues uh, beat writers, Jeff Gordon uh, was talking about in one of his chats earlier this week, you know, saying that Doug Armstrong's not planning on trading any of the prospects. He doesn't feel like that's going to happen. And, that ha- he, he says that every year, and what usually winds up happening is that Armstrong has spoken to other teams' GMs about a trade, and you know has been serious, and then found out that the price was too high, so he stepped back. It, it, it's just it happens every year. I don't, I don't even think that last year the Blues did anything on trade deadline day.
2: So you you moved Shattenkirk.
0: No, Shattenkirk. But other than that, I don't really. <laughs> I mean, as like acquiring like anybody earth shattering. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, uh, might have some bad news about Rick Nash because it sounds like the price is awfully high on him uh, right now.
0: Yeah, well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. I mean, between that and taking, you know, the fact that Doug Armstrong, you know, seems pretty high on most of our prospects right now, I, I honestly don't know if we, you know, would be that team to get him. We that, don't. We don't even have a first round pick next year or this year. No, yeah that mm, huh i don't know why in
2: my head i just kind of thought you guys got one from washington last year
0: um that was for uh
2: this let me double check at least i don't think we do it might have you might have gotten their pick like their pick last year
0: yeah i think that's what wound up happening
2: that that makes sense um well you're here i want to talk a couple prospects with you that i'm sure the blues sound like they they might not be willing to trade the first one it's hard to talk Blues prospect without bringing up Robert Thomas first and foremost. Yeah. What what would you put the percentage chance that the Blues would include Thomas in any deadline day move?
0: Um just gauging on some of the stuff that, you know, I've I've read. Um I think Doug Armstrong's pretty high on him right now. Um because he's I mean obviously he's got a little ways to go. Uh, but our team always needs some decent forwards and if we have one in the system then i don't really um i don't really see see him moving especially as a center. Mm-hmm. So i mean Doug Armstrong can be kind of protective over if we get a hold of a decent center and we get a coach that will play that decent center with players he needs to play with which we finally have that coach now um i i just i don't know centers are so hard to good centers are so hard to find sometimes that i don't, I, I don't really see Armstrong really pushing to deal him unless he absolutely has to.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely pie-in-the-sky type player. I don't think any Ranger fan, as much as I would love him, I, I wouldn't count on him coming back in a Rick Nash return. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about two two guys that are very talented, but maybe a step down from Thomas, uh, the combo of Jordan Kyrou and Clem Um,
0: Kyrou has been uh, somebody that I think a lot of Blues fans and a lot of people that really follow uh, follow the prospects, have been pretty high on uh, for quite a while. Um, I mean, we have our prospects guy that writes stuff for the game time paper, and he thinks that Kyra is just like the second coming, basically. And, I mean, looking at his numbers, he's pretty dang good. Um, I mean, so far this year he has 85 points. Uh, with Sarnia, so sorry about that. Um, okay. Eighty-five points, Sarnia. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of guy that I mean. I, I again, um, and I hate saying this, but I just don't see Armstrong unless it's you know somebody extremely extremely important um, dealing him. To have a player with that kind of point potential, because you know, as you, as you probably know, the Blues. Scoring ability sometimes um, comes and goes a lot.
2: Yeah, that is, I don't think that's a problem. Just uh, the Rangers kind of have that, but we have a guy named Henrik Lundqvist who, every now and then, decides to <laughs> not allow goals. So that's, that's how we usually win games.
0: That's a pretty good strategy. It's worked. We, it. We've come close. I'll say that. And and we have a goalie controversy again. So you know, you guys love this. <laughs> ah, yes.
2: Sun, we, sun sets in the west.
0: Oh God, we have at least like a goalie controversy at least every year. It seems it's so irritating. I would love to have a clear cut starter like Lundqvist. Not that I'm saying I want Lundqvist. Y'all can keep him, but um, he's not going anywhere just anyway. To have like a clear cut. No, oh God, no. I'd be flabbergasted. But we all would. You know, I mean, the the Blues have such issues getting the puck in the net sometimes, um, even. Uh, Tarasenko hasn't really scored to his potential this year, so I don't know if if Armstrong would be willing to deal somebody like Kyra, who actually has the potential to score. Just uh,
2: just to circle back, you are right. The Blues do not have their first round pick this year. Um, it goes to the
0: Flyers. Okay. Yes,
2: yeah, it's it's uh, it's part of the oh. Braden Shen deal.
0: That's right. That's uh, right. That's a part that. Everybody- about that deal because we're all so pumped up about losing uh, Yori Lutero.
2: Yeah, that's... Man, um, I'm just trying to think of... Clem Costin, honestly, is a guy I kind of like. I I, I don't know your opinion on him, but he seems like a very interesting character, and it's one of those moves where I'm trying to think of ways the Blues and Rangers could come to a deal if it doesn't involve a first-round pick it would be hard if, if someone like Coston wasn't involved in my mind.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I agree. Um, and since I think, I mean, Doug Armstrong pretty much pulled off that trade with the Penguins at the draft last year, I think to specifically to draft Um, Koston, um which still, I still can't believe that he managed to pull that deal off, but I'm not going to argue about it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, Basically, you know Ryan Reeves for for him.
2: Yeah, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, it still that was the most that I think I've seen Doug Armstrong do at a draft in ages. Seems to have worked out for you so well. I
1: want. I have a side note question. That's not about trading. Uh, how happy does it oh. make you to see the Blackhawks at the bottom of your division? Very. <laughs> <That's,
0: laughs> I mean, I, it's it to me I mean i'm not I'm not surprised, but every year we hear like the doom and gloom about oh, the Blackhawks Hawks are gonna be terrible, and they won't contend, and then every year they find a way to do so, and then finally, to see them at the bottom of the central is just it took long enough, but folks are folks are getting old, I guess, and I mean Blackhawks fans from what I've been reading on Twitter are not not happy I mean, um mean, one, one of them the mysteriously
1: but... retired. To get money off the books. so I know.
0: Ah, how convenient.
1: Very strange. Convenient. Um, you guys, do you guys think you're a Stanley Cup contender this year? How, how strongly do you feel about this Blues team?
0: Um, Well, they actually said that yesterday on the NBC uh, broadcast um, that, you know, this is a potential Stanley Cup finals preview, and I was drinking at the time, and I almost choked. Um, <laughs> 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 Seriously, I mean, it's... As a blues fan, it's so hard to say, yeah, you know, we're a contender. Yeah, this is our year because we don't have a good track record with that. Um, I, I think that we'll do fine probably in the first, I I think we'll probably, this is going to sound really fatalistic, but we'll, we'll we'll probably be another second round exit again this year. Um, If they would have maintained the kind of play that they had at the beginning of the season, then I'd be a lot more optimistic. But um, losing Jaden Schwartz, every time it happens, it always seems to cause some massive scoring drought, and the team just tailspins until he comes back. And they haven't I mean, they, – they've had moments of looking like they did at the beginning of the year, but overall they don't look like the same team with the same confidence that they had to start off with. So I don't really – I'm not really particularly bullish on um, – on them but i hope they surprise me like in a good way for once
2: we had to deal with the metro being hyper competitive earlier this season i can't remember anything like the central has been all season long what is it like as for you a big follower of the blues having to deal with that absolute dogfight on a nightly basis
0: it's frustrating and i think um i mean the blues have played the central pretty well ish this year, but I think this upcoming stretch of games is going to be a real test. I think like the next six out of seven are against central division opponents. um, So it's, it's frustrating. I mean, it's the kind of division where you can go on a massive, a massive winning streak and play your heart out and not make any progress whatsoever because every other team's doing the same thing. Um, it just kind of feels like, you know, like we're in a holding pattern. Um I mean honestly the only team that when I mean, we're all above 500 um the only team that's really not playing well right now is Chicago and they're still at least a game above 500. It's bizarre. Um, but even right? just, yeah I mean even just looking at the um uh, like looking at the standings right now and looking at the teams the last 10 games played I mean they've all done pretty well except Chicago. So, I mean, there's really – it almost feels like sometimes there's no way, no matter how good you play, to make up that ground. Even though there's only a four-point difference between us and Nashville, it's still – it feels like an uphill battle, um, especially since we've played the most games in the division. We've played 58 games, and the Preds have I, played 54.
2: I wonder, are you – last year, I know Ryan and I talked about this a lot. We were thrilled when the Rangers got – the wild card spot that kept them away from the capitals and the penguins before the Eastern conference final it turned out it didn't end up mattering because uh Ottawa, of a certain coach Ottawa, of a yeah. certain team but i wonder for you is it how beneficial is it for you to get the wild card spot that would take you through the pacific i i got to think that's like the holy grail right now
0: oh i mean i think it would be um way more beneficial than having to deal um you know with with anybody in our division first round um especially looking at the pacific they're not like terrible but really the only team that's standing out right now are the golden knights which is just weird um you know the rest of the teams in there are just kind of there
2: yeah this is this is my big gripe with the way they stack the playoffs it just doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah it, it it doesn't make any sense to me either, but I learned a long time ago just not to try to think too much about the things that this league does.
2: <laughs> that's just, actually sage advice.
0: Just kind of smile and nod and go, yeah, well, okay, sure. sure. So, that's putting two teams in the desert. All right. Um,
1: yeah, that makes, come on. That makes uh, sense.
0: Uh, well, Vegas it, makes more sense than Arizona, a lot more. I mean, at least there are people there that can get to the arena. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Poor, poor Arizona. You know, Laura, I'm I'm thinking about this now. We actually have never had a a blues follower on to talk about the whole Shattenkirk thing and how it went down in St. Louis. How, how do you feel about it in in hindsight?
0: Um, I think that, I mean, I'm okay with it. Um, I, it is what it is. And with our, um, with our cap being what it is, um, There wasn't any room for him. Um, I do think though, that it really um, dinged up our power play a little bit or a lot. And I don't think that um, our power plays really look the same uh, since he's left. And and there are some days where I I look at the, look at the cap and I see um, Jay Bowmeister getting paid insane money for, somebody who's in a declining part of his career and I get a little frustrated. Um but you know, I mean it just it just kinda is what it is. And I th- I think it's better for Shat and Kirk um in the long run. At least he's closer to home now. He's he's
1: very close, but he's not playing so he's definitely at home. So
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much longer is he out for?
1: It's still I still undecided. Yeah. I don't think any of us are expecting
2: him to return this season, if we're being honest. I
1: don't, I don't want him to come back, if I'm being honest. Not because he's a bad player, but because I want a higher draft pick.
0: Well, yeah, that. And you don't really want to rush him back from from an injury. No, and this have guy's going to be
1: a, a key of our team for the next three years. I can't have him really hurting himself.
0: No, I mean, look at, look at what happened with Robbie Fabry and the Blues getting him back and then him promptly hurting himself again and being out for the entire year. You know, I mean, he came back too soon and thought he was okay, and he was not. And and now we're short one of our top scores <laughs> again. So, I mean, you, you got to be careful with stuff like that. That
1: is life. Uh, so, from what I took from this conversation, as a person who knows absolutely nothing about anything, uh, is the blue uh-huh. the Blues don't really seem like they're going to be a fit for Rick Nash. Uh, and if they were, the price is probably too high.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I really think so. I can't. I can't see Doug Armstrong really ditching anybody in this current crop of prospects um, coming up because I mean, they're all kind of working their way up the system at the same time and they're all really, really good. Um, So, and, uh, but I mean, honestly though, I don't know what, what Armstrong thinks about our chances this year. If he's, um, you know, thinking that this is a time for another playoff push or if he's just biding his time a year or two until all the young kids come up, and then trying it again. I mean, he he's hard to read sometimes. It it feels like a weird strategy because it's, from the outside looking in, I'm like,
1: yeah, the Blues can win a cup. But you guys have this mindset, like you said, it's kind of the Capitals mindset of we'll probably lose in the second round.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been 50 years of that. <laughs> so, I mean, after a while, they kind of condition you to really not expect – much. And then when something good happens, you're pleasantly surprised and then they lose in the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, it is what it is. It's it's just kind of, I've always had the attitude that the Blues and the Cardinals just kind of balance each other out.
1: You've had some really nice Cardinals years. We're not going to get into that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I can't complain about being a St. Louis sports fan entirely. I mean, the Cardinals balance out the, uh, the Blues and, I mean, the Rams. Hey, the Rams were good this year. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) wrong city, but, um, you know, but uh, I'm even not entirely mad about them leaving because I think it helped the Blues attendance and uh, TV ratings and overall bottom line. So I can't be too upset.
2: It is still too early for me to want to talk about 2006, so I'm not going to.
1: I was going to hold him off for it. Laura, I appreciate you coming on and and spreading the knowledge to the Blues. I I wish you the best of luck. And if you go to the Stanley Cup Finals, please come back on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Anytime.
1: All right. Thanks, Laura. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And we're back with our second guest of the day, Alex Doherty. You are from On The Forecheck, and you are co-managing editor. Alex, say hello.
3: Hey, how are you guys doing?
1: We're doing pretty good. Uh, we've kind of been doing a series where we're going around the league and talking to pretty much every other team we could probably trade Rick Nash to and kind of shopping around and seeing what the prospects we can get back. You may have heard the Rangers are selling, uh, so can I interest you in any of our players?
3: Um, Well, I guess uh, I, apparently Rick Nash is available. Is that what I'm hearing? That is
1: actually <laughs> correct. Uh,
3: he, is, he is very available.
1: Now we're not sure if he's on your list or not because that we've only know that he's on the Toronto Maple Leafs list. But we're going to pretend that he is on the list for your team.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's some other players that uh that you guys probably wouldn't part wouldn't want to part with like Pavel Buchnevich or. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, I would be I would be interested in taking a Brady Shea off your hands just because but, we yeah. don't
1: play nope. Pavel Buchnevich doesn't mean we want to trade him. I don't know yeah. what to say anymore.
3: <laughs> I, I got it, but you know. We, well, uh, how we do things down here in Nashville is we, we like to collect really good defensemen. So Brady Shea would work as well.
1: See, we have uh, none of those. It. Zero. We actually oh, got, yeah, we, uh, we, we have one. one. We have one. Uh, two maybe if we're counting Ryan McDonough. So we have Ryan McDonough and Brady Shea. After that, we have a pile of heaping garbage. Well, Shai Kirk <laughs> is uh, also very injured. But really right now, it's only Brady Shea that's playing. So we would like one back since we have a plethora. How can we make that happen?
3: Um, well, to be honest, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I, I think you're going to have to, well, you know, in looking at this, at this potential Rick Nash deal, um, I, I do think that the Predators are going to have to, you know, if, if this was to happen, uh, I think the Predators would have to give up a roster player because right now they're sitting at 23, 23 roster spots. And that's without Mike Fisher officially on the books. So, uh, they're going to have to get rid of somebody. Um, and you know, I, I to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, one of the, one of the, one-year wonders, kind of like a Matt Irwin or Yannick Weber goes over there in, in exchange. But that's not going to solve your solutions long-term, and it's not really going to make a huge difference in the, the trade issue. But, uh, you know, Matt Irwin's a serviceable guy. He'd probably play in the top four, I would imagine, for you guys.
1: He would play he'd be top two for us, but that's not the point.
3: <laughs> Alex,
2: Alex, you would play in the top four for us currently. That <laughs> that, that goes beyond the point. Um, So the first, you were, you were mentioning roster players. A name that popped up today that I wasn't really prepared to see even – remotely connected to Rick Nash was Kevin Fiala.
3: Yeah. um, I'll tell you right now that if, if they somehow send Kevin Fiala in exchange for Rick Nash, uh, I will petition to get David Poyle's GM of the year taken away from last year because uh, that guy has been just incredible that last year or this year, and he really came into the, into his own in the playoffs. But uh, I would say that uh, Kevin Fiala is not going anywhere. (laughs) 18 goals and 18 assists. He's 22, I think. Uh, he's, he's, uh, I mean, he's still on his ELC. I mean, like this guy, this guy is, he's cost controlled, uh, probably looking at a bridge deal soon. I I don't see any way that Ken Fiala leaves Nashville unless he's, uh, stolen, like literally stolen by the the Rangers.
2: Another guy probably not leaving Nashville or in his case, Russia. Uh, safe to say Ely Tolvanen not coming over in a trade either.
3: Boy, I hope not. I mean, that guy, I mean, for a guy that fell in the draft last year, um, he has been incredible for Jokerit. Uh, I mean, he's a, a a Finnish scorer who is just like I mean, for the first part of the of the KHL season was was absolutely lighting it up. Uh, broke Evgeny Kuznetsov rookie scoring record. Um, kind of, I mean, this is this is high praise, but you know, really, really just reminds you of Vladimir Tarasenko when he came over to the Blues. Uh, and if he's anything like Vladimir Tarasenko, there's no way they should get rid of him. Uh, the, uh Tol- Tolvenin is like number one prospect in my list, o- o- above Dante Fabro or anybody else. Uh, anybody else they might have in the pipeline? Uh, tolvenin is number one in my book.
2: Yeah, I I think there are plenty of Ranger fans who would personally drive Nash to Nashville in order to get Tolvinin.
1: I
3: I yeah, volunteer he's, for he's tribute. Good. Yeah, he's really good, and he's he's playing in the Olympics right now, so you can watch him.
2: Yeah, I'll be doing that probably tomorrow morning since I work stupid hours that I don't want to even talk about. Uh, you mentioned young defensemen. Uh, let's talk about Fabro.
3: Yeah, so Fabro, I think he's he's got an injury right now. I think he got injured uh, in the juniors. Um, but, you know, probably a top pairing defenseman of the, the future. I mean, he's a bigger guy. Um, I think he'll get bigger. He's, he's a little bit small in frame, I think, right now. But he's playing for Boston. Uh, like I said, he's injured right now, but he's a right-hand shooting defenseman uh that's always good um i mean the, the word, word when he was drafted the word was that he was kind of modeled his game after uh after Shea Weber and then the predators draft him and then the predators trade Shea Weber so uh that was kind of rough but <laughs> um yeah uh sorry about the noise in the background i don't know if you can hear that but no no <laughs> it's
1: we um we're really good to have kids, on yeah, we have kids on the podcast all the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am really sorry about that. That's, no, all right. that's fine. Um, but yeah, F- Fabro is—you know—to be honest, I think if if they were to part with Fabro, I think most most Predators fans could could deal with that. Um, the I, especially because Nashville has made a history of of trading away good defensemen and, 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 and it kind of working out. So, um, and there's other guys in the pipeline too. A guy like Jack Doherty. Um, there's some other guys in, who are playing in Milwaukee right now that are that are decent. So. Uh, and you know, they'll just draft another one. And then in two years, he'll be like a top four defenseman. So (laughs) I
2: think maybe we jump the gun a little bit. We're always excited to talk about guys. The Rangers might be interested in why exactly is Nashville interested in Rick Nash, Michael Grabner, high scoring wingers that could help them push them towards the Stanley cup.
3: Yeah. So I think this is the confusing part to me. I, I I really, and I'm kind of working on a piece right now about this. I, I really don't think it makes a lot of sense. I, I really don't, um, I think the cap hit is obviously too huge. I think he wouldn't crack the top six in this lineup. I mean, he's not playing over Forsberg, Arvidsson, Smith, or Fiala. He's going to be in the bottom six. Um, And because of that, he's not going to be playing with a skilled centerman. He's going to be playing with probably a Mike Fisher or maybe a Nick Bonino, Cali Yarncrook. He's going to be playing with kind of a two-way guy. Not that that would be bad, but I just don't know that that would really get him the shot volume that he really needs. Um, And so if that happens, you know, I think, it, let, let's say they make the, they make it happen, and the Rangers have to eat a bunch of that of that salary cap. You know what what are we really getting for three to four months of, of Rick Nash on the bottom six? I, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if you have to give up some sort of prospect or a first round pick. So uh, I, I I am I am kind of anti Nash trade, not because I have anything against Rick Nash. It's just uh, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for Nashville unless they want to do it just so someone like Dallas doesn't get him or someone like St Louis doesn't get him.
2: It, it's funny. You mentioned St. Louis. We talked about St. Louis uh, with a St. Louis writer right before this. And they were completely out on any kind of Rick Nash trade. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't think they would give up the prospects. Um, it, 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 basically the same thing. The funny thing is, Ryan, have we talked to anyone that actually is head over heels in love with Rick Nash?
1: No. I was, I, I, this was going to be my next point. I was sitting here quietly, quietly thinking about it. Every, we've talked to now five different teams and writers for different teams or someone that follows the team. And I, everyone's been like, yeah, you know, what we really like our prospects. So we don't want to give them up. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much everybody. So I really don't yeah. know where the return for Rick Nash is going to be, especially because the price is so high.
3: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's also the timeline. I mean, like, it, you know, the, all the all the talk with Duchesne and obviously Kyle Turris and some of the other guys like Evander Kane that are out there is just you know you know it's not just a rental and. It's just such a high price to pay for a rental unless they can really work some sort of sweetheart deal where we know Rick Nash is at least going to sign another year in Nashville, which I don't even see that happening. So I think it's I think it's the time. And I I think maybe this GMs around the league are like they're kind of done with the rental thing because they they don't want to gamble everything on this. Just this uh, just this one season, even even if you're a team like Nashville who seems primed to make a deep run. Uh, if you don't make it happen then where do you go in you know 2 years when you've just traded away some some top prospects or a pick so um that's what i think's happening uh, i mean so are, so are you guys thinking that he's not going to he's not going to get moved or what
2: oh i i think okay. i think he's gone he's i i, I really gone. don't think he sticks around i think him him grabner and holden are three guys that will definitely get traded before the deadline by the rangers but we'll undersell
1: uh, and by undersell i mean it'll be right below market value probably
2: I don't, I don't know. I Here's the weird thing, Alex, and I, I'm curious about your take because I, I completely understand what you're saying. If I were in your shoes, I would look at what the Predators are doing and ask myself, why do I want to rock this boat? Things seem to be going pretty well for me no matter what. But yeah. the smoke's got to be coming from somewhere, and I don't think it's all coming from the Rangers. There seems to be legitimate interest in Rick Nash at the price the Rangers are asking for, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I feel like every team we talk to is like, we're pretty good. There's a reason why we're pretty good. I don't know why we're going to give up a first and a prospect. And it sounds like that's what it's going to take.
3: Yeah. And, and I think from, from Nashville's perspective and in the time that I've kind of covered the team and, and uh, paid attention to what David Poyle has been doing. About three fourths of the time, you can see some of these trades coming. And, and like the, the Kyle Tourist trade, while we didn't necessarily know that it was going to be tourists, we thought it would be Duchesne. We knew that he was going to make a move for a second line center because he knew that's what they needed uh last year we knew they would go for some some deadline you know scoring depth they went and got vernon fiddler and pa parento and they didn't really work out but we knew that was what was going to happen but then every now and then they trade shea weber for pk suban and no one sees it coming and and there's really not really an explanation no one saw that by the way no one yeah no no one saw that and so wait did you say you saw it coming no definitely not i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) but and and so that that's what kind of makes me think about this is uh it's you really can never count out david poyle's magic wand that he just busts out every now and then and says you know what i'm gonna blow your minds i'm gonna make this entire this entire contract disappear voila here it goes and and somehow maybe he'll get it done and maybe we have rick nash for like a million bucks and somehow the rangers have been convinced to with to retain six million of that of that cost and not have to give up too much. You know, it's, it's one of those things where maybe David Poyle can pull something out at the last minute. And, and that's the smoke that you're seeing is, is that him, him just kind of working his magic.
2: The Rangers have said they're more than willing to eat 50% of Nash's contract, which for them, I mean, I don't know why they want it. It's coming off the books immediately. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Anyway, take as much salary as you can and get the best prospect return um, possible.
3: And like I, don't from- think that, I don't. And to be honest, it just just a uh, um, I don't know if I I didn't mean to make it sound like the cost was everything. I really think the money is not a big deal. The 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 Predators have about eleven million in cap space. They really have the money. I think it's, I think it's really Poyle just kind of maybe f- figuring out how to make the the pot sweet on the other end enough to where he can he can make this work and and not have to really pay too much in the long run. And I mean, I to be honest, I think that you could see some sort of like multiple draft picks like and the Predators have a a, obviously a first round draft pick in 2018 you've got a, a second round draft pick in 2019 obviously and a first round draft pick I mean if the Rangers are looking to stock up on draft picks the Predators might be willing to part with a few of them so
2: the more I hear these rumors the I just I can't see any way the Rangers move Nash without getting one significant prospect in return yeah yeah. I just, uh, but my thing is, I, I still don't know where this prospect is coming from.
1: No one has said to us, like, yeah, I can give that up.
3: Well, I have, I have one idea, and I was in, in just in researching this before we came on. Um, so, Victor Edsel, I don't know if you know uh, much about him. Victor Edsel, he was a, a Swedish free agent last year, The end of, at the end of the year, that the, he signed with the Predators. It was kind of a surprise that he signed with the Predators. He's killing it for HV71 in the Swedish league right now. He's, I mean, he's shooting like 18%, he's a big bodied centerman. Um, I mean, he's he's obviously undersized. I saw him at the Futures game here in Nashville last year, and he was he was a little bit, you know, he's young and not quite in, into his body. But you can see a, a world in which this guy fills out and really looks like a big two-way center guy, um, which would be, I don't know, and maybe that's something the Rangers could use. I don't know.
1: It would be interesting, but I think we want like a bigger haul. I, I just think we our farm system has three players. That's pretty much it. And we, we're looking to stock up for the long run,
3: but you can never have too many centers. That's it, true. That's, and that's
1: true.
2: We, we took we took two in the first round last year, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, but it, it kind of sounds like maybe Michael Grabner more up your alley.
3: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with with Michael Grabner where he would fit into the into the game. I I, I think. I mean, because he, he's, he's really more of a speed guy, I guess. Well, let me right? ask you a
1: question: How often is the net empty when you're playing? <laughs>
3: so he's one of those guys okay he's
1: the third Uh, best of all time
3: (laughs) third best of all time i I don't know i don't know that uh that the net is all that empty um well to be honest it's not that empty because pk suban is usually chucking 200 foot uh wrist shots at the net when it's open are you
1: trying to make me jealous (laughs) (laughs) because i i certainly am he i would love pk in new york i'm really jealous that you guys have him
3: well, and, uh, yeah. If we just had that game in Montreal, so I'm kind of I'm I'm on PK. I mean, I've, I feel like I've been talking about PK Subban for the last few days, and, and honestly, I could talk about it more. I, the, I I thought you guys would want uh, Alexi Emelin considering uh, what he did to Mark Stahl recently.
1: Oh my God, mm-hmm. no, Listen, yeah. we don't we don't oh, no, the injuries. Come, come on, can now. We talk?
2: Can we talk about this a little bit? Yeah, a little <laughs> fucking ridiculous that you guys <laughs> thought those hits were clean.
3: I'm just gonna come out and say it. <laughs> I, I None I don't of them think, were.
2: None oh, of them I were. Don't
3: think- no, no, no. I, I, I do not think that the, the, the Alexi Imolin hit was definitely not clean, without I'm a doubt. Glad we agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the Forsberg hit, okay, yeah, I, I can, I mean, he was obviously suspended, so someone thought it was dirty. Um, I, I, here's the thing. We've watched Forsberg do that same move, you know, he does it two or three times a game. I mean, he really does. Was that one high? Yeah, it probably was. I mean, obviously, it got VZ in the face. and I, Yeah,
1: we get it. He left Nashville. I get it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, I just, but uh, no, I, I completely agree. The Emelin hit. I mean, t- why Emelin was not suspended blows my mind.
2: That's, that's my thing. I, I understand. Forsberg, the, go ahead. Sorry. The, my argument would be they should both be suspended, and there's no way that Emelin should spend. Emelin's a repeat offender, too. That, exactly. That's the other thing about it. Fors, Forsberg, I, I don't remember hearing his name brought up a lot when it comes to dangerous hits. No, Never. Emelin is, if it wasn't for Radgo Gudis, the guy would be fucking king of the court. Yeah. The fact that that wasn't a penalty or a suspension blows my mind.
3: I completely agree. And and that was what was so baffling is because they, not only did they really probably suspend the wrong guy, but they didn't even give, didn't, didn't do anything to Emilin, And that, I mean, we are, I, I say, we, I speak for a lot of people when I say we're, we're done with and We don't, we're, we're done with this guy. I, I don't know why he's on this roster. He's he's weighing down whoever he's playing with. Most of the time, that's Subban, and he's just he's ex, he's an expensive weight of a roster spot that doesn't do anything other than try to injure other players. Hmm. Yeah, no. So th- I, we're we're done with him.
1: We're also done with him. We don't ever want to play <laughs> against him again.
2: <laughs> like, while while we're ranting and raving, I'll add this: the shit in Montreal is sickening. The way they treat PK Subban when he comes back, fucking it. A it, it, few things piss me off as much as that does.
3: Oh, you mean the, the bad side. Yes. Right. Okay. The, the, the people who, the people who hate Subban. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, why hate him? He's the most lovable player in the NHL. Yeah, he really is yeah. like that. There's a reason I want him in New York. He'd fucking kill it here. He would yeah. be like, other than Harry Lundquist, he'd be the most hot hockey uh, marketable hockey star ever.
3: He would kill it. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously something else going on there. I mean, like the, the, uh, uh, yeah, the Brennan Gallagher thing, the Brennan Gallagher thing was, uh, was pretty crazy. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's so hard because there are, there are some people who don't like him because of, uh, of just stupid reasons. And then there's people who don't like him because they played with him. I mean, you know, if Britain Gallagher doesn't like him because he played with him, and he didn't like playing with him. Th- th- that's fine. But then like fans who just don't like him because he's just like, you know, who he is and he just plays how he is. I, I mean, I don't get that. Like uh, wh- he's not really, I don't think he ever really shows up anybody. He, he really just kind of, he just kind of, plays with a lot of character. And, and I don't think he does a lot of the things that make you want to hate someone like Ryan Kessler, for example, or um, I don't know, Matthew Kachuk, if he continues the route he's going um, there, I don't know. There's, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to not like about certain NHL players. And I feel like PK Subban has all the reasons why you should like certain hockey players. So.
2: Yeah. Like we make, we rip into Sidney Crosby on this podcast all the time because uh, using flowery language, I just think he plays like a little bitch and yeah. PK Subban wow, like
1: 2018 relax
2: PK Suban does everything you would want a hockey player to do and does it all with a smile on his face and yeah. yet people somehow find a way to complain about him it's incredible
3: yeah, yeah it, it was it was pretty weird uh and it was such a contrast from the the first time the first time last year when he went up there and everyone was pretty much uh it, it was just kind of a Suban fe- Suban love fest and then and then this past time it was like very much the opposite <laughs> but you know, it was, it's it's kind of strange but uh I, I, I think that PK Subban is the most interesting player on this Predators team, except for all the other ones. Because
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you have yourself really, a pretty a pretty good team.
3: Yeah, I mean there really are so many good characters. I mean Victor Arvidsson. I mean you, I could watch that guy play hockey all day. I mean he is so much fun to watch. He's a wrecking ball. He's he's makes these ridiculous faces. He jumps on the ice like no other player jumps on the ice as much as Arvidsson does. Uh, there's just so many other players I think have a lot of personality, but. You know they're not going to be on a commercial with Leo Messi talking about Gatorade anytime soon. So
1: absolutely not. I will say this: I am rooting for you guys. If the Rangers don't make the playoffs, which they will not, so I uh, go Nashville. I guess is what I need to say to you.
3: Well, I, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can make a run. And uh, I mean, I, I'm going back and forth between who I. You know, we've been talking a lot about who we want in the playoffs, who we want to take on. I'm kind of sad that Chicago might not make it, so we don't get the chance to sweep them again. That's kind of sad.
1: That was. <laughs> Now, sending Chicago home like that last year was magical. It was. We kind of broke
3: else. the Blackhawks. I mean, they're kind of broken right now. They 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 don't know where where home is. They they don't even know where to go right now. They have no home.
1: Congratulations, you Ugh. you ended a dynasty.
3: I know, right? It kind of feels like it. It took
1: it took the Lightning and the Kings to do that to us. So that was cool. Except we were in a dynasty. <laughs> we were just miserable trying to win a cup.
2: Alex, outside of trading uh, Tolvan in for Nash, which I think we can now make official and confirm congratulations, enjoy your player, is there is there any any guy in particular you think you see on the open market and you say to yourself, that's the guy, that's the one player we're missing to make our, po- our postseason run complete?
3: So, I mean, if you'd asked me this a month ago, I might have said uh, – I don't know. I might've said someone like a, like a Thomas Vanek, maybe someone cheap that you don't really have to throw a lot of money at and you don't, it's not going to cost that much to get. Um, But since they, since they recently, you know, obviously with Mike Fisher coming back, they're already going to have another guy to work into the bottom six that they need to, to fill in that spot. And not just the bottom six, but in case there's an injury, like last year, they lost Ryan Johansson for the, for the cup final and could have used another center there. So, someone like that. But to be honest, I, I think that there's a lot of talk and I know, we've already talked about him, but there's a lot of talk about when Joker season is over. Is Ely Tolvanen going to come over and, uh, and join the predators? I think that could potentially be a real, like a lightning rod kind of move. Like all of a sudden you have this player that can come in and shoot like 16%. Uh, now it's a huge if, I mean like if the guy wants to come over, if he wants to, he signed a two year deal with Joker. So he'd have to cut off that deal. But even and then on top of that, if he can come into the NHL and even make it work in the last like you know month of the season before the playoffs, that's a lot of ifs. But um, someone like that, and and that's someone you already have in the system. You don't have to make a trade for that guy. So I would rather deal with kind of what you have. I, I, I kind of think that I'm I'm on am on team stand pat. Uh, you know I don't want to I don't necessarily want to give up a lot to to get someone who might make it work. Last year they got P. A. Parento and Vernon Fiddler. Those guys did nothing. So
1: I mean, come um, on, that's not Rick and Ash.
3: <laughs> no 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 you're right it's just, it's just obvious <laughs>
1: like let's give rick dash some credit
3: yeah yeah i mean but the cost was low i mean they get a fourth round pick for uh for vernon fiddler and he scored a, a game-winning goal in the playoffs so that's fair
2: um well well look if you're just looking to trade a fourth round pick and you need someone to pair with pk suban we have a lightly used nick holden that you can just take
3: nick holden
1: he's all yours
2: yeah you just, ha- you can just okay have you him. drive
1: we'll- a hard bargain we'll go to a fifth <laughs> fine
2: fine fine <laughs>
3: Well, uh, I, I I to be honest, I and go back to your go back to your question. I'm I kinda think that I, I mean, unless they make this some crazy deal for Rick Nash and I, I wouldn't unless they give up Tolvin and I'm not gonna be, you know, angry about it. Uh I kinda want him to not make a move. I'm I'm with probably with that uh the blues guy you had on on earlier. Like I, I'm I I think I'd to make- Blues gal
1: 2018, relax, man. <laughs> 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 um Listen, I'm sadly in your camp. If I was in your shoes, I'd probably feel very similar. I am a prospect nut when it comes to other sports, and I hate giving them up uh, as a team. So I, I get that.
2: Uh I, I, sorry it's funny. This no one gives a shit about anyone's fantasy baseball team. No, 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 Ryan no, no. traded me like five prospects for John Carlos
1: I did cuz I'm a Yankee homer and they're my favorite oh, team.
3: I'm I'm a I'm a fantasy baseball guy. I've got I've got a league that I've been in for 10 years. We have like a Triple A, Double A, Single A team. We 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 do the whole thing. Yeah, so I, know,
1: I know like 270 prospects. I'm ready to roll. <laughs>
2: uh I, Alex, I personally am just I'm super excited to bring you back on when this trade happens. <laughs> because if gun, gun, honestly, no shit, gun to my head. If they if I if I had to choose one team that I keep thinking is going to get Rick Nash, it's the Nashville Predators.
3: Yeah, I, you just want to you just want to get a, a, a Nash uh, Predators jersey, don't you?
2: Well, I just I just it, it Nashville. I mean, it's right there. Come for on, you. man. It's, the marketing, it's marketing 101.
1: Look, think about all the money your team makes back right away. Nashville, his face. You don't even have to put the word there. That's amazing.
3: It's, I mean, people are already lining up to buy them. I mean, people are going to have to, I I, I don't know. Hot in the streets, man. Yeah. Our our mascot is named Nash, but it's with a G in front of it. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. That's
1: weird. (laughs) Also, also just
2: shout outs to Mike Fisher. The guy who makes boatloads of money playing hockey gets to stay at home with Carrie Underwood all day and then decides to himself, I'm bored. I'm going to go back and play hockey now.
3: Yeah. Well, deer deer hunting season was over, so he didn't have anything else to do.
2: Just couldn't make a a record with Carrie for all I care. That is
3: literally all that guy does. Other than hang out with Carrie Underwood and his, and his son, he goes deer hunting. Like he talked about that in the, in the, in the press conference or or actually in practice today that he literally just walked around in the woods for like six.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Should I play hockey again? Yeah. That now sounds good.
3: Yeah. Now that it's getting, it's going to get warmer soon. There's no more deer to shoot. So, uh, now we'll go, uh, We'll go punch Kevin Bieksa in the face and knock his teeth out again.
1: Yeah, sounds like a great life.
3: You think his favorite movie is Bambi? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it, I think his favorite movie is whatever Carrie Underwood says his favorite movie is. It's probably, mm. probably a good choice. Yeah. You know what? And I agree, one hundred percent.
1: Alex, before we get out of here, we usually do some nonsense questions with some people. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There! Right. and next go! <laughs> <laughs> I am very much not on that train. And uh, who would win in a fight? This is topical for hunting: uh, a bear or a gorilla?
3: Um, I, I think a gorilla. A gorilla can mess this up is a the bear. The worst man.
1: podcast, Alex. Me. Alex is my god. <laughs> <laughs> Love
3: this dude.
1: Alex, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, if you go to the Cup Finals, hopefully you'll come back on and talk to us. Um, yeah, I hope you get there. Do You want to plug your Twitter or anything you want to do?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, on the four Check is the website at on the forecheck. Er, at on the forecheck is our Twitter. Yeah. We got a podcast, too, so uh, what, we have a podcast. I, I, if you guys want to come on to ours... We be, would hate be awesome.
1: to come on. Jeez. No, we'll
3: come on. This <laughs> uh, is called the 4Tech Podcast. We usually record about once a week. so
1: Same as us. Cool, man. Uh, we'll retweet you tomorrow. Make sure to follow on the 4Tech. Uh, Alex obviously does a great job over there, and good luck. I'm rooting for you guys. Thanks we'll, a lot. I appreciate we'll,
2: it, guys. We'll talk to you when Rick Nash
1: is in uh, Smashville.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, sounds
1: good. Dragon Ball on the shoulder. Peace out. All right. See ya. And we're back. I don't know. You know what's funny about when I say and we're back? I don't Uh, know. You
2: sound like a dying turtle.
1: Yeah, that first off, and second, I don't know why I do it. I just like it's a a reintroduction. Not really, and back. I don't put anything in between. It's you've immediately heard the interview, and I'm right here again. So I don't know why I do it, but I have since we started the podcast. Anyway,
2: good man. Who the
1: f is Blue Shirts Breakaway Week Five? Question mark.
2: Let's do it. I don't even know how many Who no. knows?
1: So let's talk about. I'll go first since your story seems to be more interesting this week. I, <laughs> I, from what I've heard, I've adopted a dog about 10 years ago. His name at that time was Prince. He is an English cocker spaniel. He's very cute, but also a giant asshole. And uh, we were at the shelter. We went there two times, two, three, three times. And can I tell you, shelters, as you probably know, are very sad um, because there's a bunch of sad dogs. And mm. I had to say, I was there and it would. There was a ton of pit bulls, and then the dog Prince I was adopting, and uh, he didn't want to speak to anybody, he had emotional issues, he was like tied to a tree for like a year or whatever, and they put him on me, like they put him on my lap, and he didn't even look at me, like didn't even care my existence, my mom and me convinced ourselves to to take the dog anyway, Uh, we got in the car, and I couldn't shower alone for four weeks, uh, because the artist had, well, Prince had to be in the bathroom with me. So we had to rename him because he didn't really understand that his name was Prince. His sister's name was Princess. That was the the name. So I named him Artist. So he is the artist formerly known as Prince. Rest in peace. Prince. Died? Prince. Not my dog. Oh, I was about to say. I just <laughs> saw your dog the other no, week. No, my dog's fine. Oh, he's, God. No, he's old. Um, uh, He's about 11 or 12 now. We don't really know which one it is. He's fine. He has smelly breath and he sleeps with me every night. Uh, Jeez,
2: scared the shit out of me, Rest in there, peace, man.
1: Prince, the artist formerly known as Prince. My dog is fine. My god. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh
2: my god. This almost took a turn.
1: No, I would have like a super sad monologue if my dog died. So Yeah,
2: don't don't ever fucking do that to me again. Jeez. Yeah, when it
1: actually happens, I'll let you know, but uh my bad. I I oh, realize yeah. English, as we've pointed out, not a strong suit. Anyway, can you believe we let's a, talk about we have, the time a, I got arrested. Yeah, before that. Can we believe people listen to us? No, I, I still can't either. It's look, crazy.
2: Speaking look of which, let's talk about the time I got arrested. Yeah,
1: let's go to that now.
2: <laughs> okay. This was the summer between Uh, junior and senior year. So it was the, it's the summer after we all turned 21 or were turning 21. Mm -hmm. Um, my friends who lived in the apartment next to us at Marist, uh, two of them had a joint 21st birthday party and celebrated by,
1: by smoking weed joints. We we did a, we did
2: a booze cruise around Manhattan.
1: Okay. All right. Uh,
2: and it was fantastic. Um, anyway, come home from that. Uh, actually, hold on. rewind
1: the story story is changing
2: before i went to this Mm -hmm. trip uh i was working in cooperstown new york my parents had just moved there they didn't want to live in connecticut anymore i don't think they wanted me to be happy so they chose cooperstown and i was working at this mom and pop baseball shop called shoeless joe's of course you were and the owner was a dick to put it lightly but this sponsor he was a dick now shoeless joe's yeah he he
1: was a dick (laughs) i could tolerate for a little bit and then Six weeks go by, and I haven't gotten a paycheck. By the way, and there's so many good cuts from this story. A dick I could tolerate for a little bit is a great, great <laughs> cut. It's a great, great
2: cut. I'm, I'm, we're we're just getting started.. Okay. Uh, this story Anyway, six weeks go by. This guy owes me about eight hundred dollars. I'm a twenty one year old who has a booze cruise to go to. I need eight hundred dollars. so Hall of Hall of Fame weekends coming up. It's the busiest weekend of the year. He's telling me about all these hours I'm going to work. And I go, Joe, I need to get paid. And he's like, Ah, oh, you will, you will. I was like, Nah, Joe, I need to get paid or else I'm not working. And he's like, oh, okay, you're going you're gonna to do that? You're going to give me an ultimatum? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. Pay me my money that you owe me. That's a thing. And he goes, oh, I'm not tolerating that. I'm like, all right, fuck yourself. I quit. So I quit. And I went down to the city and I had a great time. And I come back, hungover as all hell, sitting in my room. My mom, fucking angel she is. Walks in my room and goes, Greg, we're going to Shoeless Joe's. I go, that's a that's a bad idea. I'm tired. I'm cranky. I don't like the guy. It's going to end poorly. She goes, no. We're going in there. We're going to get paid. We're going to end this today. I go, well, again, ma, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Let's not do it.
1: <laughs> you
0: Jewish goes,
2: no, mother, Greg.
1: she got to go and get just, your money. I'm not letting you go.
2: <laughs> and she goes, no, we're going. I was like, all right, we're going. Okay, so hung over Greg, who just drove four and a half hours back to Cooperstown. Yep. Walks into Shoeless Joe's and go, Joe, I don't like you. You don't like me. You owe me $800. Cut me a check. We'll call it a day. Joe goes, I'm not doing it. You didn't earn it. You skipped out on work. I was like, Joe, I didn't skip out on work. I fucking quit. Now you owe me the money you owe me. Let's just do it. And he goes, no. And I go, fine, Joe. Whatever. You want to take it to court. I'll see you there. I'm getting my money one way or the other. I turn around. I start walking out of the store. Joe, big tough guy. Waits for he's not a big tough guy. He's like 6'2", 120. The fucking twig who looks like he had a fucking heroin problem back in the 80s.
1: Yeah, and we look really great. Anyway, keep going. I,
2: I don't look like I had a heroin problem. <laughs> I look like I have a McDonald's problem. A <laughs> um, Joe, as I'm walking out of the store, decides to go, ah, big tough guy. Had to come into the store with your mom. And I'm just uh, – I, I lost it. I, I turn around and go, Joe, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to – Fuck your face and <laughs> crawl up your ass until you pay me my money. Wait. And I'm going to make a fucking scene in the store so all these little fucking eight-year-olds that are in here trying to buy baseball cards get scared and leave the store without paying for anything. And I'm just – I'm laying into him nonstop. And he he now looks at my mom who's standing behind me and goes, you're going to let your son do this? I'm going to call the cops. You're going to let your son do this? My mom crosses her arms and goes, call the cops. Whoa, power play by Mama <laughs> Kaplan. Ma- mama Caps don't fuck around. So he calls the cops. Cop shows up, pulls me and my mom. Well, I wouldn't say pulls. He takes us outside the store and goes, all right, what's going on here? And I I told the cop the exact thing that happened. I said, officer, I'm hungover. I'm tired. That asshole in there owes me $800. And then he made a smart remark to my mom. So I yelled at him for a while because he owes me money and he's an asshole. And the cop's like, all right, go home. I'm going to go in there and talk with him. And then... We'll, we'll see what happens. So we go home. Cooperstown, very small town, with like a stone's throw away from the store. Cop does his thing, comes back, and he goes, all right, well, here's, uh, here's what we're going to have to do. He's, he's charging you guys with trespassing,
1: <laughs> which is not even a misdemeanor.
2: It's, it's, like a, it's just a violation. Um, and we had to appear in court. Our first court appearance, here's how it goes. Asshole Greg, as I always am. I go into court. Uh, yeah, the how did you uh, fuck this up, man? I didn't, I didn't fuck this up. I actually got – this story has a funny ending. You'll like it. I'm ready. Uh, we get to court. Judge goes, uh, sir, you know why you're here? And I said, yeah, I know why I'm here. I'm here because my boss, my ex-boss, is an asshole and owes me $800 and got me arrested. The judge didn't really like that answer. Um,
1: yeah, you he think goes, right, you well, should guess. have been more appropriate to a judge, Greg? <laughs> no,
2: because I, I fucking hate Cooperstown and everyone in it, and I felt like I was in the right, and I still do. Judge goes, all right, blah, blah. He says his things, does his thing. And he goes, well, your next to court appearance is so-and-so. I'm like, I'm not coming. And he goes, what do you mean you're not coming? I was like, I'm not coming. I'm going to be in college. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get an education because the asshole didn't pay me money. So now I have to go make more money and I need to get an education in order to get more money. Uh, so that's the last time I appeared in Cooperstown Court. Uh, 40 hours of community service was my sentence. Um, I did get paid. Wait, have- I remember it. Vividly, because it was a Wednesday. Did you get arrested? The money just what?
1: What about the arrest? The arresting, Greg?
2: Oh, I did my forty community forty hours community That's service. Not I'm getting good. arrested.
1: You barely got the arrested. Lead. I didn't get no. put in handcuffs
2: no. and taken to jail, but no. I got arrested.
1: Oh my god! What are an the ads? Anyway, I'm sitting here anyways, like popcorn. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Why Greg this, getting in a cop car?
2: Story. The story re- recovers. Great. Okay. okay, here we go. Because okay. I, I got the money. It was like a a Wednesday night in September. How do we celebrate? We go to mug night. Uh, we're at Rennie's, drinking up. That's the first night I hooked up with my then soon-to-be ex-girlfriend, Tara, and so just ruined my entire senior year.
1: The legend Tara. Oh, uh, uh, yeah.
2: The, the one. The God, legend. Great, great white buffalo. <laughs> Wonder what she's up to. Probably having a great time.
1: Probably. Tara, if you're listening to
2: this, I love you and I miss you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is that the great how the story ended? That was the great ending?
2: Yeah, no. If I didn't the, – basically, the story ends with if I uh, – if my boss just paid me regularly, i probably never end up dating. Tara, me.
1: if you're listening, you Tara. should probably come to our meetup on Thursday. I mean, um, she lives in
2: California. That'd be that'd be that'd be
1: something. Hey, miracles happen on this podcast. Let's talk about <laughs> – speaking of – this is a great transition. Okay. Speaking of the season of love, Yep. tomorrow, if you're downloading this on the Tuesday, is Valentine's mm. Day. Did mm.
2: you get me something for Valentine's Day, sweetie?
1: No, I did not, but I will see you for nice smoochies on Thursday – Mm hmm. But in 2013, a player on mm. the Rangers named Jimmy Vc tweeted this spending another Valentine's Day without having found, quote unquote, the one hope she is out there somewhere safe and sound. I'm glad that G- Vc is a hopeless romantic. It really
2: like, I guess uh, no girls at Harvard interested in Jimmy Vc.
1: I just find that hard to believe. Hi, I'm one He's of the top of the top players in in hockey in general. Top sure, but
2: I guess every girl at Harvard could be like, that's nice. I have a doctoral yeah, degree. Yeah, check this it. out.
1: I'm wow. fucking smart as hell. <laughs> yeah. so yeah.
2: Probably too smart to be dating Jimmy VC. Yeah, that's probably but true. you know what? He's a Harvard hockey player. You don't have to date a Harvard girl. You got like six trashy Boston schools you can just go visit.
1: Yeah, there's so much trash in Boston. Come on, yeah. man. Come on. You can do better. Boston College, Boston U,
2: Northeastern, Providence isn't that
1: far away. Shit. Shit, man. I hope he found the one. I don't even. I think he's still. He's still living with the boys. So he's probably in the bachelor pad doing his thing.
2: Yeah. Good for Visa. Yeah. Him and him and Kevin Hayes just doing whatever
1: they do. Yeah, which I'm not sure what it is. By the way,
2: I have an idea. I don't want to say it on the podcast, but I have an idea.
1: Yeah, we got the scoop. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I want to wrap this up by talking quickly about you, Darvish. Sure. He's I a cub yeah he's a cub and i i think that contract is interesting because he took less and it also has an opt out two years later and there's no chance he ever opts out by the way no fucking uh, chance
2: did he take less who did he take less from
1: i just think he could have gotten an average more if this was any other free agency i guess i'm it, not sure he could have you, you don't think so you think this was like no. the, this was the I top end? 31 year old
2: starting pitcher coming off a very bad postseason gets that contract
1: were you surprised the cubs went that high then
2: uh, no, I thought that was the contract he was going to get. I thought it was going to be nine figures. I thought it was going to be less than 150 million. And I thought it was going to be for five to six years.
1: Well, he got exactly that. Great great call Greg, yeah. I guess.
2: God, I'm a smart motherfucker.
1: Uh, that, uh, that does make the Cubs very scary, by the way. In a way, I, the weird thing about
2: that contract is I don't, I don't think it necessarily makes them any better than they were going into last year. You've traded Jake Arrieta for Hugh Darvish.
1: I think Hugh Darvish is better than Jake Arrieta by not much. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I, Darvish gets hurt a lot, dude. Gets hurt a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, I have thought I had more to say
2: about this, but I totally don't. Anyway. um, who- <laughs> I, I mean, I will say this. Um, I, I, I don't know who signs Jake Arietta I guess the Brewers. I don't know. I still have not figured out who the fuck is signing Mike Moustakis. I don't think it's going to be anyone.
1: I really don't know where Mike Moustakis goes.
2: I, I, I have no idea where... Um, what Eric Hosmer is waiting for? Is he waiting for one of the Padres or the Royals to outbid each
1: other? Yeah, they want eight eight years, one hundred like sixty million. It's ridiculous. He
2: wants nine. The report today is he wants nine. What? Yeah, you if you're gonna start a bidding war, Scott Boris. Word of advice. The Royals and the Padres aren't the two teams you should start a bidding war with. And also, both of them are just who's like, giving you know, Eric why?
1: Hosmer, like, of course he's good, but nine years? There's like who's very- giving him seven? The fact that
2: he's got two seven-year offers out there blows my mind. There's very few. Good.
1: No, he's good, but he's not like, he's not Stanton, he's not Bryant, he's not Trout, he's not Harper, he's not Correa, he's not even Altuve.
2: Ryan, you're not going to believe this. Tara just liked one of my posts on Instagram. No fucking team. way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> She's listening. I can tell you.
1: Uh, all right, all right, Tara, come back. Uh, uh, baby, come back. Baby, come back. You can believe it all on Greg. All right, uh, let's get the hell out of here. Please come to our meetup if you can't. We'll probably Instagram Live a little bit, and we'll talk about it next week about the mishaps that happen and bad mistakes we make.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm.
1: follow us on Twitter. bush's break. Hey. This is a, a, a shitty plug. We were looking for 69 reviews on iTunes, and now we're like 14 away from 100. Or 16. 16 away from 100. Which, yeah, least, I'd like to get six to 100. That'd be cool. Join Triple, yeah. triple Digits Club? Yeah. yeah. Just keep
2: keep, review, keep making dummy accounts and keep reviewing us. Yeah,
1: just one more five-star. That's all. Yeah. I, I, I will forever love the, the three-star review that says, you guys are awful three-stars. <laughs> I love that guy. Well,
2: that guy is 100 percent Canadian. Yeah. Because he's yeah. telling us the truth, but at the same time, can't bring himself to actually. He probably hated give me more than thought. you.
1: I think that's easier to do. All right. Um I mean, I'm just so fucking lovable. Are you so. Greg? Uh, Tara? I know. Um all right, let's get the hell out of here. Bye guys. We'll see speak- you next week. Let's go, Rangers, kill the islanders, fish dicks, etc. Bye. <laughs>